fast one will be pulled on you. And many of those examples occur daily. And those fast tricks occur in a manner that we don't really, it's right there in front of us, but we don't really see. One example is prosecutors. When you see prosecutors, they will stand there and speak. And you'll think to yourself, well, why isn't the, the police there? Why isn't the police employee there? The only situation where they will have that police employee there is when they take the witness stand. Outside of that, that guy says nothing and does nothing. The reason is because that prosecutor is, in fact, acting as a lawyer for that police employee. That prosecutor or that attorney is the attorney for that police. And because of that, that prosecutor or that attorney has no standing to speak because they have no first-hand knowledge. And they don't qualify for hearsay exemptions. Another fast one that's always pulled on people is when it comes to municipal bonds. First, you have to understand that insurance and bonds exist so that the man or woman would not be personally liable. The commercial tool, the commercial instrument that's used instead of someone else where someone will be held liable, the insurance will pay out. There's a little saying amongst attorneys and prosecutors, by the way, I'm not an attorney and I'm not a prosecutor and I don't intend to be one. But there's a little saying amongst attorneys and prosecutors where they go, rich people always pick civil suits and poor people sick pick criminal suits. I don't agree or disagree with this, but this is the state of mind of attorneys and that's how they see things. You use your discernment as to whether that's accurate or not. But nonetheless, insurance is there to stop people from being personally liable. It's a front. And oftentimes when people tell you, go after their bonds, go after their bonds. Whoever is telling you to go after the bond of an entity is, whether they realize it or not, whether they mean it in good faith or not, they're pulling a fast one on you. Because if someone really acted in their personal capacity and they're harming you or they've harmed you, why would you want to go after that bond? If you go after that bond and it pays out, you've successfully admitted and alleviated them of liability on a personal capacity. You've successfully admitted that they're not personally liable. If that's what you intend to do, cool. Then you're dealing with civil matters. The moment you go after a bond, you've turned a potentially criminal thing if your intent is to throw someone in prison and hold them personally liable and all that. If you start to go after the bond, you've waived that right to pursue criminal activities. Because oftentimes if you read those bonds, it lets you know that that's part of the conditions of that settlement. It's a form of settlement. 
It's like recording satisfaction. It's a modification of contract. Whatever personal liability might, they might have incurred by their actions, if you go after their bonds, you waive it. Another fast one that's always pulled on you when they tell you to go after their bonds is 9 out of 10 times when you look at these insurance policies, liabilities, insurance, it would always be the bonds on behalf of that business entity, the police department, the, the city of whatever entity. Those insurance policies never make them liable. Why? Because they are always principles to it, never surety. These are the basic terminologies when it comes to underwriting that people need to understand. Someone is telling you to go after their bond, go after their bond. Okay, cool. Nothing is wrong with that. Have you read that bond and seen, have you seen the terms and condition of that bond? That bond usually limits their liability. That bond is a trust, like a trust fund. Principal is the grantor. The trustee is an underwriting company. Read it. It tells you during the last couple of pages that they will give to you. It shows you the list of attorney companies and the names of the attorneys, and it lets you know that they're playing the roles of the trustees. And the beneficiary, if you put two and two together, or sometimes if you read the papers itself, it will let you know you are not the beneficiary to those insurance policies and bonds for these corporate entities. Why? Because you don't belong to the municipal corporation. You don't belong to their political subdivision. You are not a party to their home rule unit. They treat you as though you are by making you subject to their ordinances and all their statutes. But according to the things that you're trying to go after and make claim against, you're not a beneficiary of it. And unless you're a beneficiary of those blanket bonds for the village of, department of, police department, fire department of, county of, the borough of, whatever it is, unless you're a beneficiary to it, you cannot make claim against it. So one, they're not personally liable if you begin to go after that insurance because that's the purpose of insurance. It removes liability. From the personal man or woman. Someone is pulling a fast one on you. In one breath they will tell you. There's no real man or woman in commerce. And that same one breath they would also tell you. So go after their bond. If you read the bond it tells you. Straight up. That it's, it's covering this entity. Which is the corporation that they're doing business as. Through. And then the principal, which in banking term means the grantor, is usually the CEO or the whoever the head of that corporation is. Now, if that bond says that the surety is that CEO, then that's a whole different situation. And there are bonds and insurance out there that does state these things. So just a little help in hand. These are the little things you should look at. Look at those verbiage on those bonds and blanket, blanket bonds and insurance when you read it. And if everything aligns properly that benefits you and if you can somehow prove that you're the beneficiary to that insurance policy, it's like life insurance policies, right? A wife or a husband or father or mother takes out life insurance and then they name beneficiaries. 
in case that man or woman gets deceased, they, children or the beneficiaries can cash out in their life insurance. And the trustee is the underwriting company. Simple, basic things. Get it? Well, the same thing applies with corporate, municipal, blanket bonds, indemnity bonds, and insurance policies. They name themselves and their employees as the beneficiaries. And they are the principals. Whoever the, the CEO is, is the principal. Not the surety. The key term you're looking for when you look at their insurance policies is who the surety is. And even if that is in place, ask yourself one very simple question. Are you the beneficiary to that insurance policy? There are ways you can prove you are the beneficiaries. Just You can really put two and two together and figure it out because it's right there in his face. They tell it to you. They tell them themselves. And then there are state laws governing insurance policies and how they're administered. Read it. Some of it is in the Administrative Procedures Act, but others are different. It's specific to municipal bonds if you're going after municipal bonds. It's right there. It tells you in your state. So read it. And on that same note of someone just pulling the wool over your eyes, you've heard of the phrase that, you know, they say, well, a few, the small amount of people out here control the large populations. You're, you're, you're in the billions. You guys outnumbered them. You're almost 8 billion people and it's only a couple of thousands of them. Really? Is that really true? A few couple of thousands or maybe under 10 people really control things. But the us versus them the small amount mentality that is another life somebody has fed onto you. When you go out here every day, the people that are really the issue are part of those billions of people that are part of society that you interface with every day that you see, that you hear. The people that keep the wheels of slavery rolling are part of the people themselves. Those seven point Five, eight billion people those are part of the problem because they are the ones that are being controlled to keep slavery moving wherever that small amount that you have in a mentality of us versus those small amount of people you will never get to them until you get until you deal with things with the everyday people around you so the immediate issue is really that large number of people that you think you belong to because they are the ones oiling the wheel of slavery they're the ones oiling the wheel of servitude or serfdom they're the ones working as police prosecutors the people that infringe on you every day the tax collectors they're just living their lives the way they know how to you can only be what you know you can't be more than what you don't know Intrinsically, you're more than what you know, but people limit themselves because those small population are controlling them. 
Consequently, because they're being controlled, they are, in fact, part of your daily problems. The people sending you that debt collection notices in the, in the mail that's chasing after you through child support, that's coming after you through IRS, they're not really the small, quote-unquote, them that you're thinking in your mind, quote-unquote, 1%. No, they're the everyday people that are working on behalf of those people. Without those everyday people, that will of slavery will not roll. So don't let somebody pull the wool over your eyes or pull a fast one on you by telling you it's us, billions of people versus quote-unquote them, the less than 1%. That is a lie. Does that 1% exist? Okay, yeah, it does. But don't ignore the obvious things. Before you even get close to coming in contact or even knowing about that 1%, you will interface with, with the large general public first. Begin to fix that one first before you start to worry about that small population that's spurious somewhere that you can barely even get your hands on. So here we have the Oxford reference uh, dictionaries for finance and banking. Principle. The sum on which interest is paid. Okay? Meaning it's not the interest, it's not the taxation. It's the original agreement of whatever this stuff is. But that's not what we're looking for. What we're looking for is this right here. Principle. A person who has given, expressed, or implied authority for another. AKA the grantor of that insurance policy that you're trying to go after. That corporate municipal insurance policy that you're trying to go after. The CEO is the grantor of it. Are you part of that trust? That's the question you should ask yourself. Are you the beneficiary that the trust certificate unit can be given to? That bond that you're trying to go after. This is municipal insurance that we're talking about here. Once again, the principal will often be the CEO, which is the grantor, who has given express or implied authority for the underwriting company that they should hold a certain amount based on the premium that they're paying and that the beneficiaries will be their employees. And oftentimes the surety will be that entity and not them personally. And the term surety, according to also fifth edition of the Dictionary of Finance and Banking in Oxford, it says a guarantor, the actions of someone Guarantor, meaning you're the one who is basically going to be used as the scapegoat in case something goes left, in case something does not really occur the way that it's intended to, as it's been expressed or implied by the grantor, aka the principal. The real man or woman. When it comes to municipal blanket bonds, surety bonds, 
are usually the principal and the writer company are the trustees who hold the amount of money. The surety is often the municipal corporate entity, not the man or woman. The moment you begin to go after those municipal blanket bonds, nothing wrong with you doing that. Just know that you waive your right to go after them personally. Unless you state or express it, express it otherwise. Or unless you're doing it first to exhaust remedies in good faith. And the basics that's involved in insurance claims applies with municipal bonds also. And one thing you should pay attention to is the time period where that municipal bond expires. And the basics that, okay, that the event that gave rise to this claim that you're making, did it occur while they were insured with that specific companies? Because they do switch insurance companies. Or if you got injured five years ago and you got your hands on the most recent blanket bonds for their entities that they're doing business as or that they're doing business through. And you're going after the most recent one and not the one that was active when that injury was done to you. That's another flaw right there. And even more importantly, are you a beneficiary to that Homer unit? The moment you begin to go after their blanket bonds, there's a burden of proof for you to show that you're a beneficiary to that insurance policy. And here's a good old example of a public official bond. For a municipal entity. Know all men that we, this is the name of the CEO of that entity, and their address as principles. Remember, the principle is a grantor, not the surety. The principal is the one in power of the whole position of trust. The principal is the one that could fire the trustee or determine, hmm, I want you to be the beneficiary or nah, I don't want you to be the beneficiary or hmm. I want to appoint someone to protect the interest of the intent of the stress or not. The principal is the grantor. And then it goes to say, and whatever, whatever insurance company is authorized to transact surety business in Illinois as surety are held and firmly bound unto and then it names the municipal uh, homely unit the city of whatever the penal sum of two million. The point here is the principal of the grantor is the CEO and the surety is the corporate entity and the insurance company is acting as a sharecropper as a surety and the insurance company is sharecropping the liability of being a surety and also as a trustee. So when you go after a bond, their bonds, what you're really doing is you're going after their insurance company and not them personally. And even that corporate entity gets a way out because someone else is sharecropping the liability assured, which is the insurance company. 
These insurance companies have a lot of attorneys and underwriters that knows a lot of tricks that you don't. Because one, if you're coming in under the presumption that you're trying to hold them personally liable by going after this, then surely you don't know enough. So just move slowly when it comes to things of this nature. Stop and think about the basics of the words that's right on the face of the paper. Look at the positions of who's playing what. You don't want to misconstrue uh, the positions. Know who's who and what's what. And these things will be easier. Find a way to make yourself a beneficiary of this official, public official bond. And your solution is in the Constitution. And even then, if you really want to hold someone personally liable, just know that that goes out of the window the moment you begin to go after this. If you don't express that, you're not waving it. Some of the foot for thought. And then the basics of how other any type of insurance process works. Is generally speaking, the period, the time, it's like a whole complaint of its own. When it took place, where they bonded, when the stuff took place, the burden of proof that they were obligated to you and how this public official bond relates to you. Because it says nothing about the Constitution here. So, something else is attached to this, which is their oath. And it goes hand in hand. Just keep that in mind. It can work out if you go after it. But just know the basics of how and why you're going after it. Not just because someone told you to and it sounds good. And reasonably, you feel heated when these people torture you. When they engage in tort. So you want to just jump at the quickest and the easiest thing that it seems like you can get at them with when you hear someone say it. It's reasonable for you to feel like you have to do something, for you to have a sense of urgency. But in having that sense of urgency and the need to actually do something to seek relief, don't let that sense of urgency be what kills the fire of your relief. So just keep these little subtle things in mind while you're doing what you're doing on your end.